0: to another episode of Awakening Divine Wildness, and am I excited today because I have a major mover and shaker. She's just an exquisite woman, and she is involved in so many things that are uplifting thousands of women all over the state of Massachusetts, and it's such an honor for me to introduce today Jen Maceda. Jen has over 18 years experience in both the public and private sectors, working for Fortune 500 companies such as Florida Power & Light, Healthcare Systems, Johnson & Johnson, United States Coast Guard, and the United Way. For 11 years, Jen was Chief Philanthropy Officer at United Way, serving more than 34 cities and towns in Massachusetts, and during her 11 years with the organization, Jen led her team to raise more than $50 million. She's also the Founder and Staff Lead for Women's Leadership Council, serving Metro West Greater Boston women across all industries. She's an active board member for Habitat for Humanities of Metro West Greater Worcester, Leadership Metro West, and on the board of trustees for the Metro West Medical Center and Massachusetts Bay Community College. She is so committed to issues facing women and girls, and this is evidenced by her role in creation of the Metro West Commission on the Status of Women. In 2015, she was awarded the Leader of the Year Award from the Metro West Chamber of Commerce, and she's also been awarded the Woman Making History Award from Framingham State University, as well as the Latina Award for Excellence in the Community from ALPHA's Latina Summit. just founded and started, which I'm so proud to be a part of, the Metro West Conference for Women, a nonprofit that serves women in Metro West uh, and really throughout the state now in relevant conference opportunity to grow and learn more about others. She's a graduate of Harvard University with a master's in public health and holds a master's in health science from Florida. Atlantic University, and she is a proud Latin American, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Well, girl, that's a mouthful of credentials. (laughs) So let's just put it this way. You have, you've been a very busy lady. You know, when I meet people that bring so much to the table the way that you do, major thought leaders for women today, I have found that they discovered their purpose when they were broken open by something in their own lives. And that there was a light that came through them that said, whoa, wait a minute, there's another way. And so I think that there's probably a very moving, very powerful story behind this mover and shaker that inspires you to step up and do all that you do. I think a lot of things
1: have have inspired me. There's definitely, been a, um, tumultuous journey. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, I think it, it, something that a thread that runs throughout everything that I've done is, is seeing the treatment of women, seeing it in my own experiences, watching it in my family's experiences, watching it in friends and neighbors. Um, definitely. It's not just the journey that I've been on, but it is the sitting and standing and watching and thinking, we are all, I'm better than that, and we are all so much better than that. So I'm so grateful to be with you, Mel, because you inspire me every day.
0: <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. So you mentioned there's a tumultuous journey. Um Tell us a little bit about that,
1: oh, where to begin um you know i I grew up in a uh wonderful middle class home um you know ups and downs. It wasn't always middle class uh i I never felt as though we we struggled um you know i I had everything that I thought that I ever needed um but there were distinct roles that both parents played in the development of my brother and I. Um, And, you know, their their way of growing up uh, was a way that that they brought into our family and they continued in our family. Um, So the role, uh, the male role within the family was a very very decision maker role, uh, very much a, a leader within the family. Um, uh, you know, because um, because my father would bring home most of the revenue. There were times that my mother was working in uh, whatever job she could find in order to to help our family. Uh, you know, from a janitorial. Uh, after working all day in an insurance office, she was then, you know, she would then clean the office um, in order to pay for for my brother and I to do activities after school um, and and to live essentially. Um, but that wasn't always the case that she was working. Um, and and I learned early on that if you weren't bringing home the dollars so that the family could survive, you weren't necessarily the full decision maker in, in important decisions. Um, and that has traveled with me Throughout my entire life, uh, you know, I I recently lost my job. Um, that brought me to to a place of inadequacy and and in not being valued. That uh, but what's funny is I didn't value myself. Everyone else around me, you know, my husband and my family valued the amount of work because I've been working since I you know I, I did a paper route when I was eight. <laughs> That's, you know, it's it's always been, again, that back to that value of the dollar mm-hmm. and value that you bring to the family was based on a financial contribution as opposed to any other contribution that, that you would give um, to your family, which is a typical female role, that the female role in my house was not necessarily to bring home that financial um, support, mm-hmm. uh, but it was to take on the role of home care. Mm-hmm. Child care, home management, um, and and even though that was done and it and my mom excelled at doing that, and it it seemed to me that she loved doing that, it wasn't nearly as valued um, or or you know, the perception was that, well, that's just your role. Uh, um and and grateful as we were, it still wasn't bringing home the bacon.
0: So I can I can totally relate to what you're saying because, seeing how driven you are, and how committed you are to so many really big positions that you hold at this time in various organizations and nonprofits, um, this this role of of bringing home the bacon really stuck with you i mean it became a way of of how to define your worth and i think this is something that we get caught up in as women because Absolutely. our mothers i mean my mother was uh, never worked until she was maybe in her 60s but yeah. she was a mother a a homemaker and uh again i could see that my my father probably was the more of the decision maker However, in reality, she was better with money than he ever would be. She, she knew how to stretch a, doll stretch a dollar. Stretch a dollar. Oh, she, exactly. she was the best shopper in the world. You know? exactly. I don't think she ever paid retail yeah. for anything. Right?
1: You know, I used to sit <laughs> and clip coupons. It was the most fun I had as a kid. Uh, the, you know, my, I, I used fun. to.
0: Joke that my mother had, like even when my niece and nephew would go see it, was Nana School of Economics. You know that we used to joke about. Exactly,
1: but you know it's funny that you say that that you see that through the positions that I've held, um, because until last uh, until last July, when I no longer was working a fifty hour week. And making home, taking home a great salary that was definitely what I was valued for the organization, I I was pushing until that moment, and then I you know a lot a lot of uh, mental angst obviously happened when you've been in a position for such a long period of time and have been very successful in that position. Um, it it is a uh, it is a life changing time. And then it's, it's funny that you're saying this, Mal, because just today I was, you know, because of the show that I do, I was taping a woman uh, who's a veterinarian. And, you know, we were finished taping and she was standing with me as we were collecting our equipment. And she said, you know, you do you make money doing this show? Do you make money? Um, now with the conference that you've created and I was so relieved to say no I I don't (laughs) and you know what I'm changing lives and that is the value that I need for my own personal gratification I need to say it's this is what I needed I needed to not make money and attach that value to myself god this is i'm living a dream i could never have imagined doing this really be being so so at the service of women that i know have the capacity the mental capacity the emotional capacity the talent the technical knowledge to rule the world essentially (laughs) not to put it lightly but to do anything and better than the other gender can do. and I am at service to those women. I'm living the dream and I'm not making a dime off of it. And I need, I needed that to just sit back and say, you don't have to make uh, you know, a, a huge salary in order to have value. you know we, I hear you talk all the time. The things that come into your path are there for a purpose you need to pay attention to it, you need to embrace it, you, you need to find value in it, and you need to figure out why it's there. Why, why this huge event happened to me, it's to embrace my family time, it's to find value in myself without having one penny assigned to it.
0: And that's so magnificent because you have all these gifts and now they're not directly connected to a dollar sign. Exactly, and that's why we. I think we. Why I love you so much is that I do so much work, and it's free. I don't get paid for it. And people that's are like, right. "Well, why would you continue to do that if you're not making money?" And I, and I try to tell people because look at I've been very fortunate. I've made great money in this lifetime, but there's more in my soul than just financial reward. Right. I have just and and trust me, I am very
1: fortunate to be able Mm -hmm. to do this. I, you know, I am really lucky with great savings. You know, with with having made just as you said, having had that that fortune to be able to, uh, you know, to to be fortunate, not having a fortune because nobody here has a fortune, but (laughs) um, but to be fortunate enough to take this time it it's not going to last forever i you know I, I have obviously financial goals that i have set for myself i think every woman should whether she's married to a man that or a, or a woman or whoever her partner is that is that is um helping to support the family in that way i just need it i just need right now to find value in the work that I do in my home, the work that I do for my family, and the work that I do for the community. And I'm very fortunate. I thank my lucky stars every day that I can do this because without my husband's support, I wouldn't be able to, literally. I mean, I would be working at something potentially that wouldn't be as much joy. And I wouldn't find the gift of not getting paid. It sounds crazy, but for me, This is just my journey. This is what I needed.
0: I've always believed that when women work with passion and they do something that really has, it's not driven by money, that the money always follows. I agree. I think that when you wake up every day and you do something that you love doing so much, even though you're not getting paid for it, that ultimately it leads to opportunities where money will present itself. But I think doing what we love to do and being authentic about who we are rather than just showing up and working a a 40-hour-a-week job, getting paid good money, hating what you're doing, not being appreciated or valued in the environment that you're showing up in, that's poison. Oh, yes. That's a slow death.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it's wonderful that you've embraced this time that you've been given. When your job ended last summer, I know it was very painful for you, we, we connected just around that time. And I had a gut feeling, just an intuition that you were um, envied. And because you are powerful and because you are energetic and because you are laser focused and because you are successful, I think that uh, sometimes we get in environments where we threaten people. So the only way they can handle that threat is to remove us because I've been in that position many times uh, in business and in personal relationships where when I outshine somebody in their minds, not in my mind that I'm outshining them but in their minds when people become threatened then the easiest thing is just to remove you from that and, and do you feel that you know your performance was great you were contributing you were doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing but maybe you were just a little too much good energy for them and they couldn't handle it
1: I can't speak to their decision process yeah. um, you know that's their business I, I right. think it speaks to to their um, their their reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I will say, and and this was a conversation you and I had um, during a show, so this has already been aired. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that in a lot of jobs that I have had, um, there has always been a question that I ask myself. Am I shining too bright? and not in a conceited way? You know, I, I and it, I shouldn't even have to preface that by, by saying that, but um because I think we should understand our value and embrace our value and, and uh and celebrate that and you know talk about the successes that we have had because mm-hmm. that essentially shows others that it's possible and that um and and that you know I'm here to, to share my journey in order to help others. Um but but I I definitely questioned Question? Duh. You know, this was in past tense. Now, um, the whether whether I was too um, too much. Yeah, I mean, as you say, those are you know those are your words. Um, but I felt that I felt that forever, Mal. I have I have felt that, and and you know I, I think a lot of women feel that. Um, I, I and that, that's the reason you and I connected with the with the show too, is because. I, I have always been supported in, in the career path that I have had by males. And, and it's because there's such a small percentage of jobs that are really able to be, not able to be, but that are allowed to be given to or earned by women. There's a smaller percentage at the top. Uh, there's a smaller percentage in boardrooms that I sit in all across the Commonwealth. There's a small percentage of organizations that I have dealt with in my you know 18, 20 years of being in business. Um, because of that small percentage, we feel as though as women we need to compete against each other in order to get those positions, and that's what that's what needs to change. We need to understand. Our value we need to talk about and celebrate how bright we shine Mm -hmm. and say I I deserve this position because I have earned it deserve is not the right term I have earned Earned this position and I have a right to have earned it and and other women and men need to be equitably um, evaluated so that we can all be in those positions. There are not more men that are more competent. That's that's not the
0: reason. And you brought up a very important point. And I am a full believer in this, that when women collaborate, if we compete, we're destructive. But when we collaborate together, I don't think there's a more powerful force in the business world than women that collaborate and support one another. I think this is a big part of your success because you are a good collaborator. And because you are a high energy, bright, focused person that you've, you know, reached the positions you've reached. But you mentioned at one point, you know, you thought, gee, did I have to dial it back a bit? Was I maybe too much? And I have felt that at times as well. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's when you have that energy and that charisma going into a business, meeting into a business room there are people that take it the wrong way and they get threatened rather than say wow this it look, look who we're working with how can we you know collaborate with this person what can we do together to take our vision and make it a reality uh, and expand our team whatever and some people do unfortunately come from that place of threat rather than from the collaboration.
1: You know, it's funny, since um, since I, I have been working with people to establish this Metro West Conference for Women, um, some of the women that you have seen in that boardroom uh, have have had an impression of me that was completely inaccurate, and they never worked with me. On any mission that I have ever had, they knew me. They um, had a had a sense of who I was. Maybe because they heard me in conversation with others or making presentations. I, but they never worked with me in the way that we are doing now. And I have made more long lasting, eternal friendships and friends and collaborators and from women in powerful positions that looked at me while I was in a supposed powerful position. We could talk about the definition of power and I I was obviously powerless, (laughs) but, um, but it's funny that now maybe, and maybe I have changed as an individual. I think I know that I have changed, um, a lot. Uh, You know, I think we grow and you know, I I follow you and I listen to you and I and you inspire me to grow every day uh, From all your social media from your books I mean those are those are things that that we need to do as women in order to to grow but it's funny that you know you use the the Respect that I had in some of these positions were only because of my position. Mm -hmm. I had lost a ton of friends friends You know, I I no longer speak with people that I felt were genuinely friends of mine, which is crazy, but I they won't touch me with a 10 foot pole because, you know, they were obviously um, not authentic in in the relationship with me. And and but on the flip side, you know, that good riddance to them. Right. Um, whatever their problem is, that's their that's their issue. But what's great is now I am more approached and more approachable um, by women that would have never approached me before. Uh, for you know whatever reason and intimidation or for no reason at all, you know how how crazy and approachable I am. <laughs> but um you know it's it's funny that having that powerful position seemed like I was, you know, ruler of the universe and not even a little bit. I really wasn't. Now I feel as though I've made some incredible friendships and and um and collaborators and people that will always trust me. And, and follow, you know, the mission of whatever we do together. And, uh, and
0: that's the gift in all this. Do you think it's because you're getting an opportunity now to put more of the authentic Jennifer out there so that people can really absolutely see and touch and respond to you? Absolutely. Well, the thing is, when you're working for another
1: organization, you essentially need to be the mouthpiece of that organization. Right. It's in, in any job that you have, um, if you are, are not setting the tone and the direction of that organization, you need to buy into whatever tone has been set for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, in, in no job that I have had, except maybe the, the US Coast Guard, where in service to others and in protection of others. Um, and supporting our Coast Guard members was, uh, you know, was such a gift. And, and then I went back to school and, and um, I felt as though I needed more education. And, and so I had to leave because, you know, going from Miami to, to, um, to Harvard, you can't obviously stay in, in a job. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was one of the best jobs that I've had. But I, but I think the tone set at every organization that I've ever worked is something you need to adopt or you need to get out. And, and, um, and, and now I'm, I'm realizing that I am a different person and my language is different and my interactions with others are different um, because when you work a 50-hour work week, you are in service to, to someone else's ideas of, of what a business should be. Um, those are no longer. I'm. I feel so free. Those are no. None of those experiences. Now they've taught me a lot. Um, but but I take the good. And so,
0: what could you recommend? Suggestions to young women that are heading down that path of going into corporate, going into uh, maybe stepping up into a bigger position. What could you suggest that they can go for it, but yet they've still got to, they still have to maintain who they are. They still have to be authentic. They've to maintain their voice and not be taken over. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, as you always say, you have to listen to what what your own mind and your own body is telling you. Uh, You know, I I had a job once that was, um, not, not recently, that was so toxic to me that I I think I lost a baby because of it. I was it was so. <laughs>
0: this brings up. Yep.
1: Go ahead. Something yep. really sad, but yep. Um. You know that. That's how important it is to listen to your body mm-hmm. and listen to your heart. Yep. And and not just listen because sometimes it doesn't. You're you're not. Yeah, you're definitely not hearing anything, but you're also not saying anything and sometimes you have to ask the questions in order to be able to listen to yourself. And if you are not critical and I, and I see this all the time, I saw this in my family where, you know, if you don't ask yourself if this is the right response to your child, if you don't ask yourself, is this the right role for your daughter? If you don't ask yourself, is this the right job for me? Because I'm passionate about it, I feel as though I'm making a difference, or you know, I, I'm I'm bringing home enough money to support my child or myself, or but I'm but I'm still because it's out there the job that will allow you to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might you might have to work on something you don't love in order to support yourself through the times, but. Asking yourself those questions, being truthful and honest with yourself, and listening to your answers, and then making a plan because you might not be able to do it today, but making a plan for a change, or for an improvement. And 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 the second thing, the second thing I would say is being flexible and paying attention to the opportunities around you, um, because. Mm-hmm. Being flexible in your position and by flexible, I mean, so you have a job description and somebody comes to you and gives you an opportunity outside of that job description. If you are not flexible enough to say, okay, well, you're only paying me for this, but okay, I'll try it, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll give it my, my best shot. Um, those experiences will never come again. If you don't, if you don't lean in and say, all right, I'm going to take this on they might not ever come again. Maybe you're lucky and, and they do. Um, and then third, I would say, you never know who you're speaking to. You never know. I. Th- this is something that, that my mother taught me many, many years ago when I was a child because she, she came from a, a very wealthy family um, and she went to Dan- Dana Hall around the corner and she uh, she went to school with the DuPont sisters, and she went to school with, with some of the wealthiest international families in the world. And they would come, some of them were had, had spent a lot of money on their clothes and their cars, and, and some of them would come in flip-flops and tattered shorts, and you know, they you just never, don't judge a book by its cover. I know that's so cliche, but truly, If you are genuine and authentic and kind and decent to everyone, you'll never you'll never regret it. You'll never regret that.
0: That is very sound advice, and I have used that many times in my own business experience, especially in the real estate business, because people can be very deceiving. And the ones that you think have the money to perform to purchase a property, they may be using credit cards at the closing table to pay for their closing costs. And the guy in the jeans and the um, boat shoes... Uh, he just showed up with a check and said, "Here we go. I'm going to buy you know. that investment property. Box you know, some full of money. Guy. Exactly. You never, yeah. you never know. You Never know. I mean, it's just the
1: right thing to do anyway. Right. But you, but you just never know. And and, uh, and I've learned that many, many times. And and be nice to people that are in service to you. You know, that they, they are in service to you. Just right. be genuine and kind to them, and ask them their name and their. First name and their last name, and find out where they're from, and you know, be be gracious. I I can't stress that enough.
0: I so appreciate your transparency about you know bringing up that working in an environment where you feel so stressed out and and so torn, and it's not the right fit. How dangerous that can be to us as women, and and the toll that it can take on us mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, and I think the three tips that you gave about you know, listening to yourself, honoring what you're hearing within you about the work that you're doing and the flexibility, being flexible, you know, don't be locked in that this is the only thing you can do. You know, it's, we all have flexibility. I, I think we, we lose it over time because we're afraid of other people's perceptions and opinions. And then thirdly, you know, honoring anyone that we talk to. And, and listening and treating everybody with an element of respect and appreciation, you put those three principles to work in, you know, into your, your work structure, you can't help but you know do well in business, and that's obviously why you are what I call a raging sex <laughs> no. You know, you're just hitting it out of the park, girl. You just keep coming up with brilliant uh, ideas, one I, after another I, after another. I, can't, after I another. can't do
1: it without women like you, Mal. Oh, Truly, I I, I um I, I remember thinking about doing a conference uh for for women in Metro West, and and I thought what are the, what are the, what's holding me back from doing this? Um, and of course I said to myself, nothing is holding me back from doing this. Um, and then I said, um, the only way that I can do this is if I have the trust and the support of, uh, of women within the region. And I called you, I called 28 of my closest friends and confidants and, and champions and everyone said, yes, everyone. Was in it, and that is what fuels you. That is what um, allows you to dream big and and make these huge sweeping changes. It is women supporting women, and we do have a couple of men on the board. Um, but essentially, without these women supporting women and supporting me, nothing is possible.
0: You want to put out the date of the conference, whatnot, for our listeners. Tell
1: us yes, a little bit I about the to. firm
0: date and whatever. So, yes, that- I invite everyone to come. To our
1: conference, it is a full-day conference um, beginning at registrations at 7.30 on September 14th, which is a Thursday. The Wednesday prior to that, we do have a VIP reception where everyone can come and question and hobnob with some outstanding speakers, keynote speakers, and panelists. Uh, and the host for the VIP reception, I'm so thrilled to say, is going to be Kelly McFarlane. She is a top-notch comedian. She oh. won last comic standing. Um, oh, she is going to be there. And she's a Metro West mom within this region. She's a woman within this region that is so proud to give back to this region. And we are just so thrilled. She's hilarious. So come have some wine with us. Uh, you know have some water with us come and, and be a part of this because this is really where women are gonna be on the 13th for the VIP of September and the 14th at a full-day conference it's at the Sheraton in Framingham so it's a really local um, and and uh, you know easy to get to facility um, and we will be there and please come and say hi oh
0: I love it I love it and you know Thank you for asking me to be part of this. I'm, I'm honored to help and to serve in any way that I can. This thank is, you for this
1: is being my... on the board, Mal. You, you are su- of such value to me oh. personally and to the entire board. So thank you.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure, dear. Wonderful. I love connecting with you like this. Me too. And thank you for being you. <laughs> thank you. Bye, sweetie. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend, and please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit malduane.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart and Reclaim Your Worth.